Some of you know that I've often said I'm from the south side of heaven. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have five words about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? Uh, you know where I'm going with this. We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcasts. I am Joe Oltman. And I am Ash Epp, and we have a great show prepared today. We are going yeah. to be coming back into Colorado. We don't intend to make this show about Colorado, but it is the election fraud test kitchen. And um, there's a lot today, of warriors here, too. There are a lot, yeah, of a lot of warriors. There's a lot of, a lot of heroes and villains here in, in Colorado. So we're going to be talking about that. But uh, first, we were supposed to do a pre-record interview this morning. Yeah, so um, I had a conversation with Jake Lang. Mr. Producer, just put up his picture, if you would, please. Jake Lang is um, sitting in prison right now. But still, I mean, almost a year he's been in jail. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he called me last week, and we talked on the phone. And I've never seen someone more on fire for Jesus. Never. And with such, with, with absolutely just amazing spirit. This, this guy, I'm like, how are you doing? He goes, you know, I'm just fighting through. God is good. We're, you know, we, we get Bible studies together. They can't break our spirit. And they're moving him around. <laughs> like he converts the people that are in his, his cell. He brings them to the Lord. And so they're like, oh, we got to move him. We got we to move him. Get, get him out of here. And so <laughs> they, they moved him to a new one, put him on 22 hours out of 24 hours a day. He is on lockdown. 22 out of 24 hours. He goes, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting big, too. I'm, I'm bulking up because I'm doing what push-ups are, all What day. are his charges? Um, he he, so he doesn't really know. He doesn't have charges. They're not, the charges haven't been solidified almost okay. a year later. Sounds like justice. Sounds like equitable justice <laughs> is what it sounds like. So this is what happens, is that they, they weaponize the system against us because we're all slaves. We do, we do what they say we do, or they come after us. In one way, shape, or another, they'll, they'll come after you. And, um, but he is fearless. And so, uh, but he also has a documentary. So, so today he was supposed to come on, and we were supposed to do an interview this morning. We were pre-recording because he only has a certain time. So what they did is they changed the times. So they listened to all of his calls, and they changed the times to make it impossible for him to get on and record this morning. And so we don't even know when he's going to get out of his cell. So when he does get out of the cell, he'll call us. We'll do a pre-recording, and we'll continue to try and, over the next couple of days, get that message out. But how evil do you have to be to How do long that? has he been sitting in jail? Almost a year. Almost a year in jail. Yeah. Unclear charges. No conviction. No. No. What we... Are we supposed to have a right to a speedy trial? You are supposed to have a right to a speedy trial. And, and right now, they're trying to get their pound of flesh out of people who will not settle. Right. 
who will not settle. And, and frankly, the reason why that they weaponize my case in the county, city and county of Denver or county court in Denver is because it's one of the most corrupt places in the United States for the judiciary. Right? The, the chief justice, the previous chief justice of the Colorado Supreme Court is, has been under investigation for quid pro quo because of sexual, a, a sexual crime. And so and the whistleblower that came forward that, that made the complaint, they gave, they gave her a $2 million contract to shut her up. This is in Colorado. Yeah. And then what they did is Polis put somebody on the bench, this, this Moses character on the bench, who had no, <laughs> had no experience. I know about Moses. Oh, we, we, there's so much that we don't know about Moses well, that we haven't talked about yeah. Moses. But this, this is the worst of the worst. This is one of the worst human beings that they put in that position and used them as a henchman to come after me. Violated every raw law policy. And it doesn't really matter. Let's talk about Jake, Jake Lang. Jake Lang literally is languishing in prison and saying, thank you, can I have another? God, I will do what you ask me to do. He is like Daniel in the lion's den. He is surrounded by people that want to hurt him. And well, yet he maintains. And that makes it to me not surprising that you said his spirits are good. He's, mm -hmm. you know, filled with the joy of the Lord. He's, you know, if I'm here, I, I've felt that way too. You know, when the FBI came to my house, I've had nothing anywhere near as close as. What t shirt were you wearing? <laughs> I wasn't wearing it. My husband was wearing it. My husband answered the door, uh, went to the, to the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force wearing a Ruby Ridge. I will not comply. I am the militia t-shirt. So we're like, okay, that one in their notes. Um, but I haven't had anything even, I mean, that's, you know, being visited and talked to by, uh, you know, jackboots who are doing the, the work of the I, regime is, is nothing compared to what others would, you know, I haven't had yeah. anthrax or, you know, pretend anthrax delivered to my house. I haven't had any of any of those sorts of things. But I, when the FBI came to my house, it was, it was, you know, I was on a work call at the time. It surprised me, came to the door, oh, what's going on, right? Totally caught off guard, had been uh, coached to not say anything, right? You have a right to remain silent, remain silent because they're going to use it against you. And I talked, right? Because I was so taken, taken off guard. And it really impacted me for about a week. Um, you know, my husband was very upset, you know, this is now, you know, you've been protesting, you've been marching, and now there's FBI agents coming to our door. What is this about, right? My, my youngest son was sleeping on our floor, Mommy's going to be taken away, all this kind of stuff. And for about a week, it was like, are we, should, should I just, should I, you know, should we, should we stop? And then you said no. And then I said no. And I, because that's the point. The point is for them to intimidate you so much that they silence you so that you'll stop. And they won't do that if you're not effective. And so instead, I, you know, decided that I was not going to be silent, that I was not going to stop. And I, write an I wrote an article about it, kind of poking them in the eye about their unconstitutional efforts. And um, just kind of decided at that point, this was April of last year, decided at that point that if I end up in jail, then that's where God has me right that's where he's planning to put me there's some reason that i have to be there and it sounds like that's kind of where jake is at right like okay i'm here i didn't you know i didn't do what they said that i did i don't even know what they said that i did because the charges are so convoluted but i don't know what they i, I didn't do what they said that they did but you know injustice happens in a fallen world it that's where we are and um if i'm here you know if if you have me here god use me and it sounds like that's exactly what god's doing if he's they keep moving him because he keeps leading his cellmates to christ i love that story it's unbelievable yeah <laughs> i love that and, i love and, that and when i'm talking to him he goes yeah you know some of the guards i pray with the guards and i'm like hey how you doing you know yeah. jesus loves you and they hate it yeah these guys literally hate it yeah because he he literally is focused on 
his faith. He's focused on having faith, living his life in that faith, and doing everything he can. So he went ahead and built a documentary with the January 6th prisoners. Mr. Producer, we have that. Yeah, up. that's A1, Mr. Producer. Let's play it. I think we need to know more about January 6th. There's so much footage that has not been released. A bunch of President Trump's supporters are still rotting in jail cells. You have to have equal justice. It's very, very unfair what's happened to this group of people. They enticed them, they entrapped them, and then they attacked them. And that's j6truth.org, and we just watched a small trailer on that. This gets to the truth. It gets to the truth. It's yeah. it's it's unconscionable. We are living in a country right now run by tyrants, and a, the coup is in full effect. Now, whether or not that continues is going to be up to us. We, we have some decisions to make as a group on whether or not we we continue down this path. But I would I would argue that baby formula was just a precursor to what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, I don't know if you saw this story. This is completely unrelated. But in Sri Lanka, they're literally killing people in the streets. They're killing each other in the streets, fighting over food. That's actually happening right now. Well, if your goal is global population reduction, then creating hunger wars is, you know, probably one of your one of your tactics. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this documentary looks good. Is, do, is it out now? or it's, it, it, is, it will be out. I think it comes out on the 4th of June, 5th of June. Okay, we should do a watch party for Absolutely. that when that happens. Absolutely. And, you know, that watching January 6th footage is hard for me. I know you were in D.C. You weren't at the Capitol. Oh, the, the, Kyle Clark skiff, just did a whole thing. I believe, right? Yeah, I was... Kyle Clark did a nice little article on me or a thing today. Kyle Clark is desperate for relevance. (laughs) For those who don't know who Kyle Clark is because you don't have, you know, the reach of the commie Denver press. He's the nine news reporter whose security guard shot Lee Keltner in the face. No, no, he he wasn't there. That was, it was someone else that was there. It wasn't Kyle Clark that was there. Well, his news station security guard who was unlicensed to be a security guard but was there as a security guard for nine news shot and was his let name off was matthew i'm getting there okay his name right. was matthew doloff and he shot lee keltner in the face um in broad daylight at the denver capital colorado capital in denver and got off his charges were dropped because no one knows because we don't have justice here because in Colorado you have a triple communist majority and we have equitable justice, which means if you are guilty of wrong think you get no justice. We, we, we are going to get to the bottom of that though, because we have a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about today related to election fraud and the mm-hmm. fact that we know about the test kitchen. Um, I've been collecting information related to dominion now for well over a year um, we, we know about, there's, there's a special, I talked a little bit about it and I didn't have as much information on it. I know we're going to, it's going to come out in the next couple of weeks about the tests that happened with the ESNS, um, previously where they ran fake ballots through and didn't tell the people they were going to be fake, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. And then we talk about what's happening in Mesa County here and the fact that the media is literally lying. Um, I think the next step is going to be the lawsuits that we've been, we've been curing to go after them for slander and defamation, make them prove that what they're saying is not true, and then we get our day in court right. to basically talk about 
the actual fraud. To actually have evidence of fraud yeah. presented in court. The left will tell you, oh, there's been 30, there's been 60, there's been 100 lawsuits, and all of them have been tossed. The, the, it's, the the big, it's the big lie. There's no evidence of election fraud. If there was evidence of election fraud, we would have seen it in court. Well, you wouldn't if you always dismiss the cases on standing or on other procedural grounds that do not allow the evidence to pre be presented. The evidence of the stolen election on November 3rd, 2020 has never gone in front of a court, in front of a judge, in front of a jury. It has never been litigated. They keep saying, we, everybody wants to, these big liars want to relitigate 2020. It's never been litigated. We've never had our day in court, but we will. Can't cancel the truth. Well, and I think that I think that as we get further down the rabbit hole and we start talking about this stuff, I know we have a special guest that's going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Yep. But before that, I want to I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. I do want to tell you guys something. We we uh, we are trying to normalize some of our sponsors. We 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 get hit and inundated with sponsorships, um, you know, probably ten to twenty times a week. And so coming up with sponsors that that really do us good as an organization and do you good is, is something we strive for. So. Um, this sponsor, IP Vanish, has been our sponsor now for I think five or six months. I, I think they're uh, they're a really good sponsor, um, and they want to basically give you back your ability um, to have complete anonymity and security on your data. So it's IP Vanish, and uh, you know if you're concerned about your privacy and you don't want people to be able to get access to your privacy, IP Vanish VPN is a really good tool for you. Um, it allows you to hide your details from hackers, ISPs, and your ISP and other advertisers. You can use it on computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming. All of your data is encrypted when you use it, which means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history will be completely shielded from falling in the wrong hands. It makes you virtually invisible online. Um, you can use it on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. Um, and, you know, frankly, since I started using this, I don't go online without using... Uh, IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan to our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. Go to ipvanish.com daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com daily and use promo code daily. Um, so we're back on talking about election fraud. We're, yeah. we're, we're back in the middle of it and um, it's, it's amazing what they're doing in the radical leftist media. And so, it's hard to ignore. So I woke up this morning uh, to this article. We're gonna talk about this article and I'm gonna bring on our guest here in just a second. But I woke up, our guest sent me this article this morning and I was reminded of the article that I wrote on the wrap-up smear, Ultimate Gaslight Part One, yeah. which was what the New York Times Magazine did a fl glowing fluff piece on Eric Coomer. Right. And, you know, his troubled past and how he rose up and how he's just being painted so badly by all these big liars out there. So as I'm reading this this article in Politico this morning, I was reminded of, of that because it's very it's a very similar piece. Um, it's a puff piece that is, is designed to piece. to basically offset all the bad things. And with Eric Coomer, he got arrested, lied to the police four times. It's a felony, by the way. It's it's influencing a public official. The, the police call his attorney, I believe. His attorney shows up, negotiates with the police on the side of the curb, gets him to tell the truth after lying four times, yep. goes to court, gets a $200 fine, and is let out of the felony that he committed. He committed the crime. And, and why this is important is because Mike Flynn, 
General Flynn, they went after General Flynn for lying to the FBI. They, they go after people all the time for what they consider perjury. And here's a guy that four times lies, hits a building, almost hits people coming through, goes into a bar, drinks, comes out and lies, and yeah. they let him off. And this is what equitable justice looks like. It's not, they'll tell you that equity is about, you know, leveling the playing field based on race or gender or sexuality or any of those things. It's not. What they, what equity means is, is it's ideological, right? Equity is Marxism. And if you're guilty of wrong think, your standards for justice are different. And that is what we what we see. And so this this article uh, that we're going to talk about today is a similar kind of puff piece. And I woke up, we called this uh, we called this show Inside the Election Fraud Test Kitchen because Colorado is the election fraud test kitchen. And so I invited our uh, our special guest today, Holly Kaysen, Holly at Altitude, who coined the phrase election fraud test kitchen for Colorado. Holly, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, no, we don't have Holly yet. Okay. Now we oh, have Holly. Now we have Holly. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Holly. Well, welcome, Holly. Thanks for no, joining us. Yeah. Good to see you guys. It's good to see you. It's great to see you. So I woke up this morning to this Politico article. Uh, we we're already planning on having you on the show and we're going to talk about USAIP and we're going to talk about USAIP a little later in the show. But we couldn't pass up the opportunity to break down this political piece, this political piece. Uh, and I'm going to let you uh, have the moment of telling telling everyone who this beautiful puff piece is about. Right. So uh, as you said, we woke up this morning to this uh, extensive feature article in Politico on Jenna Griswold. Um, I think what's interesting about this is that you know, we see this all the time with politicians. You know, Bill O'Rourke was on the cover of Vanity Fair when he was running. I mean, this this sort of stuff happens all the time. Um, but what is fascinating about this is it's basically a catalog of all the things they want you to think about Jenna Griswold. There's hardly any organization to the article. It just goes on and on and on. And it pulls in all of these bits and pieces that, um, you know, they've used to formulate this persona around Jenna Griswold, the youngest uh, secretary of state in the nation. And she's based on this article. She's obviously the hope for the democratic future in, in this type of office. And um, if I were a candidate running against Jenna Griswold right now, I'd study this article and I'd start taking it apart bit by bit um, because it's just, it's filled with pretty much all the good things you could possibly say about Jenna. And it's, it's not a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so. so, so can I read a little bit of this to you? Because they took everything out of context and lied about Mike Lindell. They lied about uh, calling people conspiracy theorists. They literally slandered people in this. They they have they have repeatedly slandered people. The amount of lawsuits that should come out of this by by Mike Lindell, by myself, by you, by Ash, by Sean Smith should be spectacular. And we should file him all in like Douglas County, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, so there's right. a lot. There's a lot of big lies in this piece, and we're gonna we're gonna break them down. Mr. Producer, can you please pull up B one, show people the uh, the lead in and the title of the article? So Jenna Griswold wants to restore voters' faith in the system, but have they already made up their minds? In this deeply divided state, it's hard to keep politics out of the office that oversees elections, and it might be a sign of where we're all headed. Flip to the next one, and Joe, I'll ask you to. Yeah, so, so this is what I was, uh, I, I, I saw this yeah. part, part when it opened up. It says, spring snowflakes 
floating outside wall-to-wall window framing, covered a Secretary of State Jenna Griswold's downtown Denver office as she reached for one of her two cell phones. She was looking for a video in which MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell, the Donald Trump ally and conspiracy theorist, accused her of murder. Jenna Griswold is a criminal beyond all criminals, said Lindell on his online show, The Lindell Report, which broadcasts on frankspeech.com. His face in one box of the screen adjacent to another with the face of co-host Brandon House, I got news for you, Jenna. It's too late. You've already committed a murder, and we caught you. Now. Well, hang on. We're going to show the video so the audience can decide for themselves. But I want everybody, you know, we, you can pull it down, Mr. Priester. So the, we, we talk a lot about the narrative on this show. And so as we go through this article, we're going to break down what they're doing. This, uh, this article is written by a, a Pulitzer Prize-winning Colorado journalist. It's unclear if that Pulitzer is in fiction, um, possibly based on the substance of the political piece, but uh, we're going we're gonna to go into it. So this piece of the narrative in the, t- in the very setup, in the very beginning of this article, is Jenna's just an honorable public servant, but her words and actions are being twisted by big liars, and that's causing her to have all sorts of problems. Poor Jenna. That's the lead. That's what they want you to kind of, you know, that's, that's, where, your, that's where your head gets uh, all, all centered as you dig into the rest of the article. So let's talk about that claim, right? Uh, Mr. Producer, can you please play B3 for us? B3. She will end up in prison, prison, and more prison. Jenna Griswold is a criminal beyond all criminals. Uh, the mo- one of the most evil people this country's ever seen. Fact, and that's that. They have bashed down doors of innocent mothers and pulled their daughters down the steps by their hoodies, put them out in the yard with their underwear, never pressed charges. This is the, they've weaponized, the FBI weaponized law enforcement, uh, but Jenna Griswold has, and she's abused, uh, abused her citizens, and now you tell me she's coming up with laws so she can get away with the crime in the future. But I got news for you, Jenna. It's too late. You already committed a murder, and we caught you. A murder? It's over, a Jenna. A murder? A murder? No. Well, a murder. I mean, that's a peril. It's, a, uh, it's an analogy. Uh, wait, hold on a second. They forgot that part. Yeah. And pull up uh, B8 for me, Mr. Producer. Just real quick. Uh, oh, that's not what I was. Sorry, B5. Whoops. Sorry, guys. Mike Lindell accuses Jenna, Colorado Secretary of State, of murder. And then if you pull up before real quick, this is from the article. This Griswold said... Yeah, this, Griswold says, is in large part of what has made her job so difficult over the past two years. It seems fantastic, the fact that Lindell called me a murderer, said Griswold, 37, the first Democrat to win Colorado Secretary of State in more than 50 years, except it generates tons of death threats. Okay, you can pull that down. So they want us to believe, Holly, that this is that this is making Jenna's, Jenna's life harder, that, that people are questioning the election. I'm sure it is making her life harder because she is uh, guilty of a lot of election crimes, allegedly. But are we really supposed to believe that this kind of coverage isn't what she wants and that this isn't exactly what they want in an election year? Yeah, that's right. You know, we saw the narrative spin up uh, probably... I don't know, almost a year ago about violence and threats against Jenna. And they've been very, very aggressive in um, putting this forward. Now, at first, um, I have to admit, I didn't think that um, 
it it was as serious. This is exactly what she wants, right? From a from a campaign standpoint, it's gold. It, yeah, it really is. And um, you know, I just want to confirm so this doesn't get taken out of context, like Mr. Lindell's uh, uh, comments. Uh, USCIP takes uh, election and or uh, excuse me, threats of violence very seriously. And in fact, um, we have been accused of. Um, inciting violence and that sort of thing and we have followed up on absolutely every possible claim we work closely with law enforcement and um we have never gotten in any sort of trouble at all uh for for any threats of violence so let's get that on the record first um and in fact it's the other side that we're seeing right now who's very aggressive and threatening violence that's right. And, and we in USCIP, there has been an uptick in threats coming in to USCIP against canvassers in particular. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we're seeing this in social media, um, you know, just ugly posts on Facebook and that sort of thing. And we monitor our channels, uh, our social media channels. But yeah, they are ugly. Uh, and nobody should have to go through this, you know, and Joe, you, you've had threats and, you know, actual action taken against you. So you understand how serious all this is. And, you know, the idea that Griswold may be using this, um, you know, to fuel her agenda for a campaign is, is pretty pathetic. Well, we, I had somebody at my house last night on the Hill, <laughs> right? Literally watching my home. And, uh, and so, I'm just I'm just going through the process where, you know, they, they know and the, and the death threats that came in yesterday and people saying that they're 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 coming for me. Right. This happens every day. And, and, and I want I want you to know something else. So I report all of these. I'm like, all right, this is this is inside. This is violence this is violence, violence. I did this nearly 50 times on a couple people that were on the on uh, on some of my social channels. Nothing. Instagram, nothing. The guy literally was blocked because I just block him. And then he goes over to Instagram, does the same thing. They do nothing. Yeah. They do nothing. And, and so they talk about threats, but they do so behind a keyboard. Yep. These, these people don't need security. Nobody cares about We're not violent. Yeah. But, but I do believe violence begets violence. And so if, if they want to come for us, then they need to just rip the band off and let's go. But, but the problem that I have is that these people are cowards. And it involves the, it involves the intelligence community. It involves people in government. These, these people are really, really, really bad. It's not just the media. Well, and it's more narrative, right? The, the idea that we are violent, that, uh, that the election integrity movement in general is dangerous, right? They've called us terrorists. They've called us dangerous. They call us all these names and, and say that we're violent. We're not. Right. I mean, the only the only thing that even can remotely be considered violence is January 6th, an event that has been wholly lied about by the entire establishment, whether that's government, whether it's media, whether it's other institutions and NGOs um, legally. As we mentioned, Jake is sitting in prison for or sitting in jail for over a year, almost a year uh, and has convoluted charges and has not yet had a trial for questioning the election, right? There's the, the idea that we are 
violent people, um, release the release the capital footage if that's the case, right? We we have not committed violent. We the the election integrity movement has been wholly and certainly in Colorado has been wholly dedicated to using the processes and systems that are in place, working within the system, even though we believe it to be a totally corrupted system, working within the system to bring about change. Nobody can can accuse us of trying to shortcut the system. Right, Holly? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, they also pin us as being partisan. And that's that's another falsehood right there, um, especially with this big lie. Given the demographics of uh, the USAIP members and Cause of America members, uh, it's it runs the gamut. You can get all types of people from all different political leanings, and many of them are apolitical. It's just purely uh, an American issue, and it's a civics issue, election integrity. And um, that's what's so terrifying about what Jenna Griswold is doing is she's making a nonpartisan office, an office that should be nonpartisan, into you know, an arm of, of uh, the establishment, an arm of, uh, you know, law enforcement. She's going way beyond her her um, jurisdiction in how she's going after, you know, Clerk Peters and after Dallas Schroeder and, you know, anybody who speaks up against, um, you know, a corrupt election system. And, and all that people want is the truth. And that is another narrative in this political article, is that the the Secretary of State office was a non-political position until Trump made it political with the big lie. So, Mr. Producer, uh, we're going to go with B9. Could you pull up B9, please? Give me a few seconds. Okay. All right. And so... Uh, so here, I'll, we'll, yeah. Let's go ahead and read it from sure. B9 if we can. Um, so this is... There we go. Yeah, go ahead. A decade or two, the office of the state-level Secretary of State was barely visible to most Americans. And by the way, this is most elections, too, by the way. I want you to know this. One notable exception was in 2000 when the president raced between George W. Bush and Al Gore came down to 537 votes in five weeks. The then Florida Secretary of State, Catherine Harris, was thrust in national spotlight overnight. Today, while candidates for the office run partisan campaigns and those elected have official partisan affiliations, their responsibilities are designed to be nonpartisan and ministerial in ministerial in nature. Most oversee elections and maintain voter registration files. That's the more high profile part of the job. They also keep records and ensure they are accessible to the public. Everything from registration documents for charitable organizations to raffle licenses. The administrator a number of laws they administer a number of laws impacting businesses and commerce. So they're really downplaying that Secretary of State is, you can pull it down, Mr. Producer, really downplaying that Secretary of State is a political position. But then if you pull up B10, they pivot in the narrative and talk about why it's now political. And so this B10. says, yeah, we'll, oh, Go ahead. we'll give it a, yeah, the near visibility, that near vis invisibility changed, though, in the aftermath of the 2020 election when Donald Trump alleged the election had been stolen and realized whom he would whom he would need to help him prove it or overturn the results. In a phone conversation, Trump urged Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, quote, to find 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state, end quote, another quote that's taken out of context. Along with a number of other statements on the rigged election, the call made after Trump's own off officials deemed 2020, quote, this is my favorite, the most secure election in history, end quote, helped create and spread the idea that state and local officials posed an inside threat to the country's election. 
system. So this originated with Trump. The idea that secretaries of state, the, the first screen, screen cap from the article, that first cut that we showed, talks about how much power the secretaries of state have, right? They, they, have, they oversee business and commerce, they oversee all the licensing, they oversee, um, and our elections, right? Which is the, fun, the, the foundation of the republic is our representative uh, government, which comes through elections. Um, so tons of power, but completely unpolitical until Trump made it political. Well, so, he, so here's, here's my problem. There are millions of Americans, millions of Americans that have stood up for election fraud. We have over 5,000 affidavits that were signed after the 2020 election. You have guys like Chris Krebs who headed up the CISA and said this is the most secure election in U.S. history. That, that he said that. You have people like Bill Barr that, that, that stopped people. He literally ordered people in Pennsylvania not to investigate the election fraud in Pennsylvania. Why would he do that? And by the way, here's a man that worked in the CIA, worked in the intelligence community. They worked as a concerted effort to destroy what our country stands for in the voice of the American people. And this, by the way, goes back, this goes back multiple uh, elections. We just finally woke up to it. The same way, by the way, we're waking up to critical race theory, gender fluidity inside of our schools. Right. It's been happening for a decade or more. And yet all of a sudden now we're, we're supposed to say, no, we'll sit back and wait. Just, just sit back. Just, you, you, you don't have a voice here. Yeah, I mean, Holly, what are, what are your thoughts? Is Did the Secretary of State's office just become political in 2020? Well, thanks to George Soros, it wasn't just in 2020. And um, if you look at who Jenna Griswold is associated with, you have to go back to Emily's list. Now you have this cabal of um, selected Secretaries of State, you know, Katie Hobbs, Jenna Griswold, uh, Raffensperger, um, and there's a few other ones. I believe the Secretary Jocelyn of State Benson is one, I think. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, um, you know, there, there are a handful of them. Um, and I believe the one in uh, uh, Michigan. I Michigan is Benson. Oh, Benson. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, then, and I believe um, Pennsylvania might be yeah. one as well. Um, so anyway, what you can look back to is, you know, the office became political when George Soros started uh, backing these these campaigns with massive amounts of money for the you know the history of campaign financing for those particular offices. And what's really getting um, interesting is looking at the uptick in how much it costs to run for just city offices now. County clerks are starting to get outside money in their races and. Um, DAs, and that's that's when all of these offices, DAs, AGs, um, secretaries of state, all of these should be nonpartisan, nonpolitical offices because they're more administrative and handling, um, you know, the the logistics of how the government works, not the agenda of any right. political party. And let's look at so let's look at some of. Some of those, because they'll tell us that's conspiracy theories. It's conspiracy theories that George Soros has pumped a whole bunch of money into these AG and DA and, and SOS races. Conspiracies, I tell you. Mr. Producer, can you pull up B13, please? $125 million into Super PAC ahead of midterms. Uh, what's the date on that one? 128 of 2022. 128 of 2022. Uh, let's go to B14. Do you want to read this? Sure. Uh, 
Alexander Soros, George Soros' son, will serve as the PAC president. In his own statement, Alexander Soros cited the Capitol insurrection on January 6, 2021, and ongoing efforts to discredit and undermine an electoral process, reveal the magnitude of the threat to our democracy, adding that it is a generational threat that cannot be addressed in just one or two election cycles. Stop right there for a second. So I want everybody to understand, January 6th was the enshrinement of this terrible threat to our democracy, and George Soros and Alex Soros are going to fix it for us. Okay, keep going. The donation is sure to place Soros among the biggest political givers of the midterms. Only a handful of major donors have contributed nine figures to federal groups and candidates in recent years, according to the Center for Responsible Politics, a, a nonpartisan group that tracks political giving. Um, something, something you should know about this, by the way, is that they, most of the donations that happen happen through Act Blue, and they were able to shield who actually gives those things. So ahead of the 2020 midterms, Democracy PAC has already cut big checks to two major Democratic super PACs aligned with the party's congressional leadership, $2.5 million to Senate Majority PAC, and $1 million to House Majority PAC. Uh, another one million went to Democratic Association of Secretaries of State, a group dedicated to election Demo electing Democrats in statewide administration offices. Oh, you don't say. All right, pull that one down. Let's do B15, please. Sorry, B14. Oh, was that B14? F 15. B15. Yeah, 15. So this, look, what's the date on this one? 2010, November 4th, oh. 2010. He's been doing it for a yeah, long time. So this, this has been, been going, going on. on. It's been going on for a while. Um, and... Uh, B-16, please. Secret 2016 access to state. This is the project. This was a project. It's a project. It took them about a decade. To, you can pull it down, Mr. Producer. About a decade to execute. But these are not conspiracy theories. Now we're being told that they're conspiracy theories because they don't want you to focus on the dark money. But that's the definition of dark money. The definition of dark money is big money being pumped into our elections. Well, and then you have this video where <laughs> I can't even believe this. So this is part of the narrative as well, this video. So they say in this article, the article is in the video. They say that Jenna has gotten in the crosshairs of Trump and of the other big liars because she dared to go up against Trump in Trump the run-up to the 2020 election. So this video is from before the 2020 election. So, so just so everyone's clear, I want to I take this back. Number one, hit the share button, hit the rumble button. You have to share this. Smash and here, it. Here, here's why. Here, here's why. The reason why Jenna Griswold came under, and, and we have the video of her getting nervous when she's sitting at the pulpit with... Matt Crane. With Matt Crane behind her. Who, by the way, Matt Crane is... is We're going to get into him, too. Oh, He's later. But she came under scrutiny, Holly, because of what? What happened in what part of the state? Oh, it was Mesa County, right? Yeah. So that is why, which we have a, tomorrow, yeah. we have a county commissioner's meeting to discuss the Mesa third report. Yeah. How they're going to run away from this is beyond me, but I know they're going to try to. Well, they'll just call us all big liars and move on. Let's play. That's all they have to do. Yeah. Let's play. Let's play B12, and then Holly will get your thoughts on this. Particular. Secretary Griswold, I mean, if uh, seven ballots were found in the garbage, um, how, why would that happen? I mean, in your state, what sort of, you know, I mean, is there, you know, the claims by the president, obviously, is that this validates the idea that there is widespread organized voter fraud with mail-in ballots and certainly universal ballots. Well, I think it's really important to highlight study after study shows that the rate of any type of voter fraud is extremely low. 
uh, you can just look at the Heritage Foundation, the conservative think tank, uh, that puts the rate of voter fraud at 0.00006% with mail ballots. Uh, so I, I really do believe this is a political stunt. This is not the first time that the president has tried to use federal agencies to bolster his crusade against this election. And I want to underline how dangerous this is for the nation. We have a president no who is not committed to respect the outcomes of our elections. Uh, we need to make sure that every American is ready to go to the polls and equipped with the information that they need, uh, because every American needs to have their voice heard if they're eligible to vote. And we cannot let the president sow so much confusion and discord into our elections that it ends up suppressing turnout come November. I need to do an ad read really quick. So, so this show is brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you. If you're connected, if you're concerned about privacy of your identity, using incognito mode won't always solve the problem either. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. When you you can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash daily. It's important to use the slash daily. ipvanish.com slash daily and use promo code daily to save 70% as a conservative daily podcast listener. Um, I also want to tell you that um, if you use ipvanish and you have the, the VPN working when you're in and you try to unlock your car or do things like that, it will not work. You have to disconnect it because the car, the phone itself uses both the IMEI and the IP address collectively to validate who you are. So it will not work if you do not use, if you, if you don't turn it off in some instances. I figured I'd, I'd say that because I've learned that the hard way. What, what I'm going to tell you something, something interesting about what she said is that she did say the quiet part out loud and Jeffrey Tubin was on that video as well. And if anything you know about him, he's the one that um, masturbated on a video in a CNN video. Everyone knows who Jeffrey Tubin is. And, and, but, but so what, what Ash was saying is to pay no attention to his facial expression <laughs> if you're watching, because we're, we're all looking at it like, I wonder uh, what he's doing behind the scenes. Is Tubin <laughs> Lubin right now? Too, too, oh, oh, too, oh, my gosh. I didn't need that in my too head. Soon, too soon. Um, so, Holly, so, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Holly, these, the, 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 go ahead. Go ahead and react to Jenna. <laughs> well, it, Jenna is clearly getting some uh, serious PR training. Uh, you know, she didn't answer the question. She did the sparkle, the dodge and sparkle uh, type of uh, one, two, three that, that everybody uses in, in PR. Um, you know, she... She was put up to it. it. You can tell the way she speaks, she's not authentic and she doesn't, you know, she's she's put up to this and she's she's not intelligent enough to figure out that, uh, frankly, what I think is she's being set up to be the patsy yeah. because the, the, the evidence is overwhelming. And, you know, you guys brought up uh, tomorrow's hearing um, and we can go into this later, but she knows what's coming and she, you know, she's really relying on the legal machine headed by Mark Elias to save her. But 
I think what a lot of nothing will miss, save her. Nothing will save her. Nothing. No. We're, we're talking to organizations all over the country. Don't make any analogies about murder. But he clarified it. I know. He said it was an analogy. He clarified it as an analogy, didn't but they stop, left that out because they're... the Newsweek I, article. I yeah, wanna, I mean... I want to give him the, one of these. No, I talk to Mike all the time, and, and I can tell you, you know, <laughs> gonna... he's, he's a brilliant guy, and, and he talks very fast, and sometimes all the words don't come out, but you know what he's saying. Yeah. And basically, the, the funny thing about it is that he loves doing this because he's like, look at how I get him. And um, he finds joy and, and happiness when, when he is on the attack. And I think that's one of the most charming things about the guy. He, he uh, so authentic. You know, he, he, he so said, you, you murdered this election and you're trying to cover up the body and, and it's, you're going to be found out. It's just yeah. a matter of time. And I think that that's one of the things that the press continually does with Mr. Lindell is that they, they totally underestimate him. He's, he's uh, sharp like a fox. Oh, he, he definitely is. So, um, so, you know, secretary of state was non, non-political until, until Trump also a lie narrative that is coming. This should, this article should be a donation in kind to Jenna Griswold's campaign. Um, so another lie that they pull up in this in this piece is Jenna isn't partisan. This is just big liars making her seem partisan. So can we do B6? B6, Mr. Producer. Yeah, and I apologize. I jumped around in the show flow. Got him. Election watchers and some Republican county clerks who work with her say Griswold's bold, confrontational style and ambitions for higher office make her appear more partisan than that of previous secretaries of state who largely completed their duty. And do we not have Holly back? This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. And this, this, by the way, is typical of the radical left. We're going to keep going. You're not going to stop us. These are the We're going to keep going. We're going to keep talking about you, Jenna. Um, so public statements. So she attracted the ire of conservatives for both public statements that they deemed as partisan. So what are those public statements? What public statements did we deem as partisan? Well, when uh, Jenna Griswold was trying to force through her uh, emergency rules, which was, you know, COVID adjacent, I guess, but the risk and threats of COVID were pretty much gone at the time that she tried to enshrine and did enshrine her emergency rules into law here in Colorado. The, the, the rules that we were reacting to was no audits. Nobody can audit the election in Colorado except for someone that Jenna Griswold says is okay. So that's Jenna Griswold auditing herself, selecting her own audit, auditor and auditing herself. When uh, we addressed this, she came out in a tweet and said, fraudits have no place in Colorado. Fraudits. So we deemed that to be a partisan statement. Were we deeming it to be partisan or is she partisan? Is she a partisan hack? Well, She's I think, a partisan hack. I, I, think that, I think that's the issue that we're dealing with right now is that we just want to get to the truth. Right. At the, at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, and I'm going to say this, and it might upset some of the listeners. I don't really care who the president is. I don't care who's elected, as long as they're elected by the people, as long as there's full transparency. But we have an entire show that we're going to do that's nearly going to be five hours long, where I'm going to outline all the different things that, that have gone on across the country and the election proof. And, they're, they're, you know, I'd like to see them at some point come back and say that this is not true, but they can't. They can't say it's not true. Right. So, Holly, I was asking you before we 
lost lost the feet again. Um, I was asking you what you thought of her statement about uh, the article statement that we just think she's partisan. She's not really partisan. Her statements aren't partisan. We're just taking them that way. Well, it's a convenient excuse, you know, and a, and a way to dismiss uh, the fact that she is highly partisan. Um, there, you know, again, back to this idea of who she she runs around with um, in her cabal of uh, uh, other secretaries of state. You know, it's it's all partisan Democrats, and it's all people who have been put into place into power. Um, by George Soros. Now, there are many other um, Democrat secretaries of state who are in power who aren't uh, part of that whole uh, cabal, that, that Soros-backed cabal. And so I think that's proof positive that there, she's, she's in a different league. And a lot of these other Democrat secretaries of state aren't playing ball the same way uh, Jenna, Jenna and her, you know, crew do play ball. Sure, absolutely. So another uh, another narrative lie is that Colorado clerks support Griswold's agenda. This was in there as well. Can you please pull up B-17, Mr. Producer? It could be the sheer number of cuts that I had him prepared. No, <laughs> no it, it should not. <laughs> so so th this is definitely someone from the outside doing this because our system is a sealed system on the inside just with the feed going out. Right, and Jeff. it's shutting it all down. So the state's county clerks uh, supported the measure. They requested to be drafted to protect against insider threats after an unusual uh, alleged crime by Mesa County Clerk Peters, who was the subject of local, state, and federal investigations in election equipment tampering, which is not true. The blowback for Peters' alleged actions may affecting others of our colleagues say they have spent a lot of time pushing back on election conspiracies and dealing with threats. The last couple of years have been a fantastic education for people who serve in the roles as election administrators, says Matt Crane, executive director of the Colorado County Clerk Association, which represents election officials in 64 counties. Anything that you do can be seen as partisan, undercuts your ability to do these jobs. Public confidence demands people be as neutral as possible. Okay, no, 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 no responses. No responses yet. No responses yet. Sorry. So Matt Crane says it's really important that you remain neutral, right? Can you please pull up B18, Mr. Producer? And then just, just B19, let's zoom in. This is at the county clerk in our quarters. This is at the National, National Association of, of Secretary of State's Conference in August of last year. This is not old. This is not dated. Matt Crane is the poster child for an election technology company. He's literally the poster boy. He's on the poster. Okay, now you can react to Matt Crane's statements. You can pull that down. Holly, go ahead. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you look at all the activity coming out of the Colorado County Clerks Association led by Matt Crane. And um, this is one of those examples of an NGO that's extremely powerful and is able to uh, coalesce and whip the, the county clerks into submission. And when I say whip, I don't mean whip. Um, you know, you got to couch all these out, out of context. You said it without the hedge close enough. They're going to cut it. Holly Kaysen right, right. wants to whip people. <laughs> That's right. So, um, you know, Matt Crane has a long history of double dipping in uh, election, uh, election ink. Let's say it that way. His wife works for Dominion or had for almost two decades. She worked for uh, Sequoia before Wait, it turned in. Say that again. Say, say it again. She worked for who? Sequoia and Dominion. 
And that was while Matt Crane was uh, the uh, the Arapahoe County um, County Clerk. And just to let everybody know, his first term, he was appointed. And he was barely appointed because he got enmeshed in an ethics question during that, that appointment process. And they deemed it that he was okay, so he did get the, the um, appointment. And then he ran again after that and did earn his spot as, as county clerk. But that whole time, his wife was a uh, working for Dominion. And just, Joe, to get back to one of your, and Ash, to one of your passion topics, she worked directly with Eric, Eric Coomer. Coomer. Eric That's Coomer. right. Right. So, yeah. Who holds the patent you know, for the adjudication function? Yeah, who holds the patent, which, by the <laughs> way, in, in multiple states, we've, we've also, got, also gotten some information about a federal investigation that happened nearly um, uh, 10 years ago looking into holding too much of the vote, which mm-hmm. they hold too much of the vote, and the fact that they were, they were told to sell off those assets, and then in the middle of the night, less than a year and a half later, they bought those assets back. We have all sorts of information that shows that Dominion is a fraudulent company. It's a front company. That and, and look, Dominion, you give me 15 minutes with their source code, I will literally tell you where the problem is. I will literally tell you where the problem is. I will tell you where they're stealing the elections mm-hmm. and how they're doing it. Yes, I, 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 <laughs> I want to I go into like, Eric, I want to talk about Eric Coomer every day. I want to talk about Dominion every day. I want to talk about yeah. all the, the stuff we get for ES&S and the fact that they're, they're lying to the American people. They're not just partially lying, they're lying. And they're using this apparatus of mainstream media in order to perpetuate that lie. And they do it across all these little things so it looks like that's the mainstream media. But it's not. That's not the, that's not the thoughts of most Americans. Most Americans look at it and go, they've stolen elections. And frankly, they're doubling down, and we're not doubling down fast enough. We're not coming back and saying, mm, yeah. do you remember this video? I, I want to play this video because Mike Lindell came out here for a rally at the steps about election integrity because of SB uh, 22153. Yeah. Just one second. Before we do that, we are uh, on Lindell TV 2. We are coming up on the hard break for Lindell TV 2, so we want to thank the audience there. And if you're watching us over on Lindell TV 2, be sure to smash the like button. And um, if you're you know, looking for gifts or just looking for comfort for yourself, everything at my pillow feels better when you use code cd21 so go get yourself some slippers some throw blankets and of course some pillows and sheets and towels yeah CD. thank you to the Thanks. audience at lindell tv if you want to finish the show with us come join us over on mumble okay so we have this video mr producer is it all keyed up all right we're keyed up let's play this video that happened by the way two days before this was the friday before the tuesday rally and this is all over the news and this is what they asked for go ahead and play it begin tonight with a strong message from Colorado's county clerks. They say put up or shut up. Well, they're fighting back against what some call the big lie, the conspiracy theory of widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election. And these county clerks tell Denver 7's Christian Lopez the danger it's causing is real. Ahead of scheduled rallies from election deniers here at the state capitol this upcoming week, a group of bipartisan county clerks from all across the state came together today asking for them to bring them proof of election fraud or stop making these claims. I want to counter just a few of the false claims about elections that we have that we're hearing here in Colorado. First, it is false to claim that thousands of dead people voted. 
all voting systems are properly certified. During a press conference Sunday morning, a bipartisan group of Colorado County Clerk officials said they've endured two years of false claims from conspiracy theorists and election deniers. They're calling for the individuals behind these allegations to provide evidence to law enforcement. The biggest message is, you know, again, we are putting in this demand that they are acting in good faith, that they do come and bring us not just the reports, but everything, all of the data that they analyze, all of the affidavits that they We've have. We've called you Anything big liars and crazy people, bring but us bring us the evidence and we'll take care of it. Give it its fair due, uh, Go ahead and, and take this down. Go ahead and take this down. Among the speakers. All right, so listen. Ready? You ready for this? Evidence you've analyzed. Yeah, so, so, so let, me just, let me just be really clear, though. That was Friday. And so we reached out to Matt Crane. A bunch of people reached out to Matt Crane and said, okay, done. Yeah, let's do it. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Matt Crane's response was the time for debate is over. Yeah. It was a lie. Yeah, it was just for the cameras. They created another lie for the American people. This is what they do. They are evil liars. These people are absolute scumbags who have destroyed everything about our nation. They continue to take it down that path. Well, you know, and one of the things that that we we should highlight is Matt Crane has no technical background, yet he sits on the board of there's some organization. It's kind of some technical organization for election uh, election technology. It's, it's kind of a nothing organization. But, you know, he is now the strongest voice for the county clerks in terms of what technology is appropriate, um, how it should be used, that it's secure, that it's safe. But yet, not one single uh, county clerk or Matt Crane himself have any technical background or expertise. Then you pile on Jenna yeah, Matt Griswold. Crane's degree is in political science. Is that correct? I think he's right. Oh, he's yeah. doing he's doing the political science. <laughs> he's he's is, doing he's it well. Nailing it. He's doing it well. He <laughs> yeah. he, he literally then, is then, a leftist that they put put in a position of being on the on the Republican side. He is a traitor. Okay, Matt Crane is a traitor. Huh? Sorry. Go ahead, Holly. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, and then we just <laughs> with with Jenna Griswold's um, staff. You know, she herself has no technical expertise. Trevor Timmons, her CIO, he doesn't have any technical expertise. His job is to combat misinformation in the uh, county or the state secretaries of state office. And so, you know, and then Judd Choate, he's a lawyer. And then you have Chris Beal, no technical experience. So all of these people are spouting off about all these technical issues, which we keep raising uh, with objective evidence from some of the leading cyber experts in the United States, including some, um, uh, you know, Walter Doherty on top of it all with a stellar background in academia, political science, or excuse me, computer science and, um, you know, all these the data and that sort of thing. And so, you know, they're they're facing the experts, the citizen and uh, industry experts with all of these people who are just lawyers. Now, what are we going to, what are they going to say when, um, you know, the county clerk come, come to Matt Crane and say, what do we do? We got a, we got a canvassing report that analyzed voter data and um, did walk lists and got affidavits and objectively proved that our voter rolls are a mess and we can't check into this. What do I say? 
And so that's where these lies emanate is from Matt Crane, because he's got to grab a hold of all of these arguments in order to um, give these these county clerks who don't have any expertise at all or any ability to truly check what's real and what's not. And now that's codified by law by SB 22-153. So what are they going to do? They have to rely on somebody like Matt Crane to keep this narrative going. Now, if you and just just let me pause you there real quick, because this is not speculation. We're not speculating that Matt Crane is telling them what to say. We have done open records requests and he sends them the talking points. There is there is detailed talking points from Matt Crane to all of the county clerks. Then we see it to all of the General Assembly members to the executive branch. He, Matt Crane, the guy who was on the poster for global mobile voting, the poster child for a voting technology company, is the one who is setting the the narrative. And again, he's not technical. He has a political science background. Sorry, Holly, I interrupted you, but go ahead. Right. And Matt Crane is probably not the most eloquent writer. So if we go back uh, and probably not the most eloquent strategist, but if we go back to his employer, the Lafayette Group, they are um, an organization that is actively involved in um, misinformation and driving the narrative of the big lie and all of these talking points that Matt Crane shuffles out to the um, rest of the county clerks and potentially beyond. And in fact, we have evidence of this because it is on his LinkedIn, but there's a gentleman called Ryan Macias. And I have run into Ryan several times and he was the one, now this may or may not ring a bell with some of the listeners, but he was the one who was hired by Katie Hobbs to sabotage the Maricopa audit. He was the one who was let in to the um, stadium by another journalist and was there to prove that the security of this uh, audit was not, um, you know, adequate. Well, Which it failed because he was caught, right? <laughs> it was, yeah, he was caught and the Gateway Pundit reported on this. But if you remember last year, and maybe people don't even know this, but last year during the summer uh, Colorado counties, uh, associate Colorado, um, the CCCA's summer meeting, Matt Crane hired Ryan Macias to come and speak to all of the county clerks. Now, he said in that presentation that he was there to debunk any uh, misinformation about Colorado's elections being unsafe and unsecure. So, but, you know, but how do they how do they how do they debunk it if they don't have the technical skills to, to debunk it? I mean, it, well, shouldn't that be a question we're yeah. asking? And and where, by Absolutely. the way, is the curiosity? Why is it that every time a report comes out, they don't dig into the report? They don't even read the report because that's the conversation that we had with Matt Crane and the rest of them. Have you read the report? No, I'm not reading the report no. because they it's don't they don't want to read the report. Because they're all a part of this cabal. They're all part of this group that is, that is designed to steal the voice of the American people. And they don't see it as a problem. They don't see it as a moral obligation to let people vote for what happens in their community. They don't see it. Well, because the people are stupid and can't be trusted. They have to, they, they know better. And Holly, you said, uh, you said, oh, it just, it just flew out of my head what you, what you just said, because I thought it was so brilliant and uh, it'll come back to me. Um, Mr. Producer, can you please, I want to wrap up this discussion on the Politico article. Can you please pull up B20? 
Apollo here, everyone. That's it for part one. Part two is up next. God bless you all, and God bless America.